Welcome to Revenge of the Triforce, a podcast where three millennial nerds talk about whatever they feel like talking about, but mostly nerd stuff, because that's what they are. And if you are too, you'll love this podcast. And even if you're not a nerd, you'll love it too, because it's funny, so just listen to it. You already started listening to it. Why don't you finish something for once in your life? <clears throat> Sorry, I think that was my inner voice talking to myself. Sorry about that. Without further ado, give it up for your hosts, Jeff, Eric, and Tommy. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to Rot Pod, R-O-T-T-P-O-D, Revenge of the Triforce Pod. It is Tommy and Eric today, once again. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. It's our it's our last week where it's just me and you. I feel like I'm going to be jealous when Jeff's back and you guys are, like, talking, and I'm just going to be uh, the third wheel on some conversations. No. No, I'm just no if anything, I'm the third wheel, I feel <laughs> no. like. No, no. We, we, uh... You know what? Jeff can be the third wheel because he missed, like, three episodes, so Jeff is the third wheel. Yeah. Jeff, if you're listening, you're the third wheel. I think next episode we're just going to have Jeff record and speak and then me and you just kind of take a back seat. So we can, Yeah, we uh, are going to put him on the spot. Next episode is going to be us. Yep. We're just going to be like, Jeff, go. Yep. And he's going to be like, what? And we'll be like, no, this is your responsibility. So <laughs> we're just going to take a back seat. Can't and if wait. you don't have anything prepared, then I guess we're just going to have 30 minutes of silence because yep. you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. Well, he comes back this week, so most likely by our next recording, he'll be back, and it'll be October, and we're super excited for that. But uh, until then, Jeff, enjoy your travels once again. But uh, Tommy, you had a pretty busy weekend, I heard. I had a. I was on. I, I was on tour with uh, board teachers. I went on another leg of the board teachers comedy tour, and I was uh, performing last night in front of. 1,100 people in downtown Bloomington, Illinois. It was a sold-out crowd. And then I drove home two hours, got home after midnight, got up at 7, and went back to teaching. Oh, my God. My day job. And all the comedians uh, were teasing me last night. They're like, I bet you're excited about going to work tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, F you guys. Yeah. Uh, Because I'm, you know, a lot of the... The all the comedians on the board teachers tour uh, are teachers in some form, but I'm one of the few who's still teaching full time. Like a lot of them are substitutes now; they get to make their own schedule, um, or they've just recently left teaching because they now are making you know enough money from comedy and other stuff. I'm one of the few that's like still teaching full time, so they were. They were uh, giving me a hard time about that, but that sounds yeah. That even to me, like I, I work from home and going to bed that late and waking up that early still sounds miserable to me. Ugh. And Ugh. going waking up that early to go teach, which is like oh god, you know, yeah. most demands so much energy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like ugh. Yeah, well, that sounds tough. awesome, though. Up. I mean, sounds like uh, it was a good time. Sold out crowd. No, the trip and... was great. We had sold out crowds Saturday, sold out crowds Sunday. Friday was not sold out, but it was a huge theater. There was still like over 2,000 people there. Um, it started off a little rough, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Friday, okay. Um, I got some little interesting thing happened on Friday. So little background information. Um, you know, Board Teachers takes pretty good care of us on the road. Which is cool, especially for somebody like me who, like, I, I really can't afford to do a lot of traveling. Um, so when they book me on these tours, you know, I get a nice flight. I even got first class last time. 
Um, they put us up in pretty decent hotels, you know, nice and clean. We get yeah. meals, we get rides to and from. They treat us like celebrities, you know, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, but Friday, I get into Cincinnati and I look at the itinerary and notice that we are staying in a quality inn. And Eric, have you ever stayed in a quality inn? I can't say that I have, but I know of them. It's not like a five-star hotel, Mm-mm. but they're not like terrible. It depends on the location you're going to, right? So right. in my head, I'm thinking, well, you know, this is probably a nice quality, and I'm giving it the benefit of the <laughs> doubt. And I get into my Uber, and he drops me off at the quality inn. And first thing I notice is all the no smoking signs, which Uh-oh. I like. I'm not a very well-traveled person, but one thing I figured out is that the more non-smoking signs there are, the shittier the hotel is. <laughs> and for some reason, the more non-smoking signs there are, the more the hotel smells like smoke, which is interesting. Right. So no smoking all over the door. I get to the front desk. I give them my credit card for you know incidentals. They make me sign this whole thing, swearing to God that I'm not going to smoke in my room. <laughs> And I'm going to be penalized with like a hundred dollar fine if I do. So I'm like, okay, this is this is a bit much. I get up to my room, right in front of the TV, big sign that says, "Seriously, don't <laughs> smoke in here." Another no smoke. They're just everywhere, <laughs> and my room smells like smoke. But you know, the furniture was okay. Like the furniture was nice. The bed was clean. The bathroom was okay. It wasn't like a terrible, you know, super nasty room. Right. But the hotel as a whole was pretty rundown and i'm like starving at this point unbeknownst to me i'm the only one at the hotel none of the other comedians the rest of the tour haven't arrived yet because they were all riding together from the previous uh tour stop the night before i was the only one there um and i'm starving i look on the map the only place walking distance is white castle now i like i like do you like white castle i do i do yeah i like white castle and it's kind of a treat for me because i never eat white castle when would you when do you eat white castle as like a grown man in your 30s i you know i did a couple weeks ago but i haven't in a long time since it was just like you don't do it often yeah you it's like you unlock something in you from when you had it the last time and it's like okay now it's time now it's time yeah yeah it's like a special treat yeah it's not mcdonald's where you eat it regularly right (laughs) so i go across the street to this white castle and i notice oh this white castle is attached to a gas station no big deal. Not not a big deal. But then I walk up to the gas station because I also wanted to get some some Red Bull. Oh, there's a homeless guy sitting outside the gas station. Okay. Oh, he's asking me for change. Okay. Maybe this is not a great part of town. I've never been to Cincinnati before. I don't I don't know. This doesn't seem like the nice part of Cincinnati. So I go in there. I go to White Castle to place my order. Oh, there's another homeless guy leaning on the counter, bothering the way. Bothering oh, the worker no. behind the counter. I have to reach around this guy to put my credit card in the thing to pay for my food. And this guy's just standing there, just kind of loitering. The manager comes out and she's like, seriously, man, you're not ordering anything. You're bothering my workers. I got customers here. You got to go. At this point, I'm sitting there waiting for my food. And it's starting to set in like, okay, this this is a pretty ghetto White Castle. This is not, yeah. this is not, a, this is not a nice situation. I'm sitting there waiting for my food. Next thing I know, I hear I hear one of the workers behind the counter go, oh, that man, naked as hell. Call the police. Oh, <laughs> and no. Look up, and there's a naked homeless guy outside the store 
just wandering around the parking lot, just kind of going for a little, going for a little <laughs> stroll. And this guy was, he wasn't fully naked is the thing. He, he must have had like 10 layers on from the waist up. He had like 10 shirts on. He was poofy. He was poofy. He had like a hoodie, a bunch of teeth. He had a pillow. I swear to God, like an actual cushion or a pillow <laughs> stuffed in his shirt. So he was like fully poofy, like loaded. Yeah. But then from the waist down, everything's just dangling. Oh, no. Everything's dangling. He's putting on a show. Oh, and boy. The, the lady at White Castle, oh, he naked as hell. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with. Like a minute, a police car pulls up. The cop doesn't even get out of the car. He must have just waved this guy on because he, you know, he strolled away at that point. The cop didn't even like talk to him. Yeah. And I had to wait I, another like 10, 15 minutes for my food. It took forever. And at this point, I'm like, okay, this sucks. Like, I regret coming to this white castle. I should have just, <laughs> just gotten some chips from the vending machine. <laughs> but I finally get my food. I go back to the room, I eat. Um, it was delicious. I'm not gonna lie. It was oh, of you course. Know, castle, you know. It was. I'm not. It was it worth the wait? No, <laughs> but it was pretty good. It was tasty. It hit the spot. I I lay down to kind of like try to take a nap because it's still a few hours before I have to be at the venue. I get a text from the tour manager, who I thought was there the whole time. I thought everybody was just kind of in their rooms because that's what we do during the day. We all just kind of. We're like yeah, recluses. Relax. We go to our rooms. We take a nap. I get a text from the tour manager. He's like, hey, man, we're going to a different hotel. This place is a fucking dump. Oh, God. I'm like, I'm like now you tell me. So I text him back. I'm like, are you are you going now? Like, wh what do I do? And so he calls me and he's like, hey, man, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you you can meet us at the the other hotel whenever. It's just, you know, we're we're going to go there now. I was like, uh now i would like to go now can you take me now yeah and he's like well i mean i guess so i'm like seriously can i have three minutes to pack my suitcase i will be downstairs i will go with you guys he's like yeah man that's no problem so i go down there these guys the rest of the community they didn't even go up to their rooms like they walked into the lobby took They're one like, look at this place this. <laughs> they were like this isn't gonna work this is not up uh, no we're not doing this so we all get in the van and we go to a hilton in downtown okay. Cincinnati, which is beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. Lovely hotel. So ended up being really, really nice. But that was just a fun little uh, interesting <laughs> experience on the yeah. teacher's comedy tour that you don't, you know. And, and I found out later, too, one of the comedians, Devin, Devin Siebel, who's probably like the most famous of the bunch. He he didn't even, like, he knew right away. I asked him at breakfast the next morning. I was like, so when did you know we were not going to be staying at that hotel? He was like, as soon as I saw that it was a quality <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a fair point. Oh my god. When it has he was like, I looked name. at the map and started raising the alarms. Uh, did you see we're at a quality inn tonight? That's not gonna work. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and everyone was making fun of me because I went up to my room and actually lay down in the bed. They were like, dude, you were in the bed? I was like, I didn't know. I thought yeah. we were staying here. <laughs> I thought this was just it for tonight. <laughs> They were Psych. like, dude, you need to shower and burn those clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And nobody when you got to the you know, the venue, nobody had any clue what you've experienced that <laughs> night. No, nobody. How, how you even got there. Oh my god, that's great. And I mean, like, I told everybody about 
Oh, he naked as hell. Oh my <laughs> That's god. Just, I keep replaying that line in my head because that was hilarious. Oh, and like I'm sure, like you mentioned with the food taking so long. I feel like in uncomfortable situations, time goes so fucking slow. Like it did. It, it probably was only like ten minutes, but it felt like a solid half hour of just those sitting burgers. there. They're the thinnest motherfucking burgers ever. They, they take are. thirty like, seconds. No reason aside. it should take that long. <laughs> and what sucked later was once we got to the nice hotel um one of the two of the other comedians liz and kc they were like let's find a good place to eat and in the back of my head i'm like shit i already ate nasty fucking <laughs> cheap white castle so they find this like nice burger place that's highly rated recommended by other people from cincinnati like hey you want to go get some food i'm like i'm crushed because I'm like, I already ate Ghetto White Castle. Like, I there's no way I can't eat another burger. burger. Like, I'm yeah. too old to eat that much <laughs> junk food. So I was, like, really devastated. But in my in my head, I'm like, there's no way I yeah. can't go eat more food. I Cause, just Because if you go there and you eat, like, half the burger, they're like, what, you don't like the food? It's like, no, nah, right. I, just, I just had four to six gas station White Castle burgers <laughs> and saw the biggest naked dong i've ever seen outside of a white castle yeah it was just uh so the trip started off a little rough but then that night had an amazing it was my first time performing in a theater which i you know i performed i think the biggest crowd i ever performed for before this was at a high school at uh some it was like a writer's week assembly they had they had me over to do a little stand-up comedy and do like a q a session and there was maybe like a thousand students in the auditorium but they were like forced to be there because it was during the school day <laughs> they were a captive audience yeah so this was about this was by far the biggest audience of like willing people who i've ever performed for and it was amazing and they do this like every weekend you wow. know this was a special treat for me but they've been doing it for they've done almost 200 shows now in these big theaters all over the country and they're back at it next weekend and i'm just you know back at my day job back at the day job well did they have like the green room and everything or you get to go chill out and relax before the show or was it uh... well the so the comedy clubs have green rooms so the the tour leg that i did before this was the club tour they have a theater tour and a club tour the clubs have the nice green rooms and there's a server that comes back there i get like again they, they treat us like celebrities it's amazing the server comes back like what do you want to drink you want anything to eat you know, whatever you want. But with the theater tour, the tour manager is like, so what cuisine do you guys want tonight? Ooh. I'm like, holy shit. What? He's Are like, you yeah, asking you know, for just lean look cuisines or actual cuisines? <laughs> no, no. Like what? Like, what do you want? What do you have a taste for? Because what they do is they look at the surrounding restaurants in the area. And if we say, I'm craving, uh, you know, Chinese. Tonight, they'll find like oh, a wow. nice Chinese restaurant. They'll send us the menu, tell us what you want, and they bring it to the dressing room in the theater. Oh and God. we all get to we all get to pig out on, you know, whatever we want. They also stock like the fridge with mineral water and oh. Red Bull. It's just very classy. I'll Not be, what uh, I am used to at all. Not wow. what I'm used to at all. Like for so for last night. We're at Bloomington Center for the Performing Arts in downtown Bloomington, Illinois, which was right down the street from Illinois State where I went to school. I actually had a bunch of my old professors come to the show. I was able to like get them free tickets and stuff, so that oh, was nice. a lot of fun. And we're in the uh, dressing room. Um, 
pigging out on I had like chicken parm from a local Italian place. Ooh. And I'm I, I, I hear, I, I find out there's like 1170 something people in the audience. It's sold out. And I had a flashback to like six months earlier. The last time I was in Bloomington for a show, uh, it was at a bar. Do you want to guess how many people were in the audience? Ooh, no offense, but like 20. Eight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there were eight people in the audience. Oh, man. Not including, like, the bartender and the other comedians, <laughs> so maybe, like, 12 total. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I performed yeah. in Bloomington. It was, like, back in February, I think, for eight people. And wow. fast forward to last night, 1,100 people. So shit. pretty upgrade, pretty nice upgrade. Upgrade yeah, very... complete. Holy and shit. And they were such a great audience. Amazing. Like, these people are ready to laugh i mean they're they're all teachers most of them are teachers you yeah know, some of them are like spouses and friends of teachers very few people are not related to teachers teaching yeah. in some way in the audience so they're like ready to laugh at all the cheesy teacher jokes it's really really fun time. yeah uh, like a nice you know safe zone to just go all out because i'm sure that you know some people go to comedy shows and like they you know they're there for like just normal bits of like everyday life, right? Like just right. commentary, things like that. I think what some folks might not know out there is ISU is a huge school for teachers, people that it want is, to become yeah. teachers. And so like going there must have been definitely, I don't know if it's, was it the highlight of the year for you so far? Um, def yeah, I would say so far for sure. Yeah. Well, also Zanies. let's not uh, diminish you being downtown Chicago. Too. I mean, you've had a lot of great yeah. shows. Yeah, so this far, year so. has been, this year's been a really good year for, yeah, for comedy, and I hope it keeps going. You know, I don't want to stop teaching. I, I'm, you know, my my expectations and my plans for the future are a little more realistic. I don't, you know, I don't want to stop teaching because I I do enjoy it. But I would love to not have to do it full time. I would love to make more money and uh, yeah, get my name out there more. Just doing like comedy, social media, Absolutely. entertainment, whatever, and then you know, just teach part time. Content. I don't want to do comedy. <laughs> like, I don't want to do comedy full-time either, because then that means being away nights and weekends, right, and my right, kids right. are at, you know, I like being around my kids. I like being able to spend time with them. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm just figuring out the right balance right now. Figuring out your life, it's, your body, you're exploring. Yeah. I get it. It's tough. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm just going to keep pushing forward, doing my full-time teaching job, and trying to yeah. treat myself to these comedy gigs as much as I can. Sounds like a good time. And so... You know, I know we haven't really asked this on this podcast before, but what were some of your influences? Like, did you did you love comedy growing up, or did you get into it recently? I'm just curious, kind of where it all stemmed from for you. I always loved comedy. I mean, I always lo I used to watch sitcoms with my mom. We didn't have cable, so I didn't watch like the silly Nickelodeon shows that everybody else got to watch, like actual kid shows. Like yeah. I was in elementary school watching Seinfeld with my mom <laughs> when other kids were, you know, able to watch like yeah. Beavis and, Bo no, not Beavis. I'm thinking that's not Nickelodeon. Oh, well, MTV, even Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, same Nicholas shit. Modern Life. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't even know like the old Nickelodeon shows. There was like Cartoon Network to some yeah. of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm sitting on the couch watching Jerry Seinfeld with my mom and my dad, got me and my brother into Three Stooges at a very young age. We used to watch like Three Stooges sketches on VHS. So, I mean, I always loved comedy. My brother, as soon as my brother and I were old enough, we got a hold of my dad's VHS camcorder, you know, the giant ones. Yep. 
Remember those that you <laughs> yeah. put the entire VHS tape? Oh, yeah. Same. In yep. there, and uh, we would make little sketches, comedy sketches with ourselves as the actors. And then we started doing these, like, stop-motion sketches with our action figures. And we would just play them for each other just to make each other laugh. Occasionally, we'd do them, you know, get our friends involved and do, like, sketches with our friends and show them to our parents. Um, but, yeah, always trying to make people laugh. I did improv in high school. And then, you know, I went through that phase where I was professional wrestling in college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after I quit that, I went a couple few years where I wasn't really doing much of anything before I told my wife, I was like, I got to get back into some, I got to get back on stage in some, in some way. So I started doing improv again and that didn't work out. Uh, so I got into stand up and just never looked back. Hey, I like that nice little success story, much further to go, I'm sure. But like, yes, I was just thinking much. growing up, like, I don't remember really watching stand up for a while because I don't know when you're a young kid, all the good stand-up comedians are the ones that you can't watch when you're young. Like the, right. I like the inappropriate ones like the George Carlin, Chris Rock, like Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah. I mean, even Seinfeld, it's not like Seinfeld was bad, but like I didn't, there weren't really channels back then where it's like, Hey, let's just watch, you know, there was comedy central and that was probably right. my first introduction was maybe late nineties, early two thousands. Like I would just watch stand-up specials. Right. And then when you get a little bit older, it's like, hey, you got to watch this fucking Bob Saget stand up. Yeah, oh, that's like <laughs> I think as kids, especially like in the 90s, we knew our favorite stand ups. We only knew them from the shows and, and yeah. movies they were in. Like, yeah, we knew David Spade from Tommy Boy, but he right. started off as a stand up. Yeah. And Bob Saget, we knew from Full House. He was a stand-up, and as yeah. kids, God forbid we see any of his stand-up. Like, oh that was God. not something <laughs> yeah. our parents like would have showed us. Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler. And a lot of it was, like, yeah. SNL. I used to watch a lot of SNL with my parents growing up. Um, yeah, same. And that was nice. But, like, yeah, once you realize, like, Jim Carrey and all those other guys, it's like, oh, they all say a lot of bad words. And then it's like, oh. Right, yeah. You know, I made my we, family not, disappear. Nobody showed us this. Yeah. Nobody showed us the, the aristocrats. <laughs> oh, bit. God. We were watching Full House. Yeah. America's uh, sweetheart dad uh, says what right. now? Uh, so for those right. that haven't seen the aristocrats, uh, it's rated X, triple X probably. It's so bad. Yeah. go watch it if you like some really raunchy comedy. But it, it, And it's funny you, you mentioned George Carlin because he's, he's one of my favorites. Now, I didn't get into George Carlin until he long passed away but then there's a really good hbo documentary called george carlin's american dream i think really really i think it's a two-parter it's like three hours long amazing documentary he was he was one of a kind but my first exposure to him do you do you know where i'm going with this do you know where what he was on what kids show he was on oh yes uh yeah. thomas the tank engine yeah shining time station <laughs> he was he was the narrator on thomas so he read the story that you know was was acted out by the little toys and then when shining time station became a thing i think on pbs he was like the conductor so you actually saw him in the conductor outfit yeah but before shining time station he would just read like he was the narrator for thomas the tank engine oh my god and i could just imagine him you know like coming off of the set the night before where he's just like saying all the yeah. stuff he says and the then seven dirty words yeah then having to like go in the next morning with like young kids and all right. right, what the fuck is this? Now? Oh, yeah, sorry, I gotta remember my fucking smile. I would, yes, I would love to like listen to the outtakes <laughs> if they exist. They they have to exist somewhere where he's just like 
He's just like slipping in curse words. And then oh, yeah. Gordon was like, fuck you, Thomas. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I'm the fastest motherfucker in this station. Oh, that's so good. And I feel like, you know, I, I enjoy how like stand-up comedy has evolved. And like, I think as we grew up, like I went from some of those, you know, like I'll, I'll just the Comedy Central stand-ups of, not that they were no names, but like Nick Swartzen, I remember a long time yeah. ago, like being kind of newer at it. And then Dave Chappelle, I was huge into Chappelle when Chappelle show oh, was yeah. coming out. Um, you know, Martin Lawrence had his own show. I mean, who did, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, his show was in the nineties, but you know, starting to watch a lot more standup. And then I feel like we got to a point in our lives where I don't know if you were this way. I feel like a lot of people were, but when Dane cook hit the mainstream media, oh yeah, everybody, like bought his like double discs disc CD like he had stand specials and everybody was just quoting Dane Cook for like two yeah. years. Dane Cook came he like blew up right around the time that we were all downloading music. You remember yes. like Zanga? Oh yeah. Oh, I wonder, yeah. And I wonder if that had anything to do with it because before then, before Dane Cook, I never would have even thought to buy a stand up comedy album. But once Dane Cook came out. I'm like, oh, that's that's a funny bit. Let me, oh yeah, let me download that track on Zanga or whatever, yeah. LimeWire, and then you end up downloading all of them. And before you know it, you're quoting, <laughs> "Large Fry." Why do people yell at the drive-through like the cheesiest? Not necessarily. Yeah. You're looking back, like not the most high-quality material, but right. it just blew our minds. Like we all it were was, so into Dane Cook. It was like it, it was basically, you know, because a lot of stand-up comedians they weren't. I don't want to say very like timid or just, they were like good at telling some stories and some of them were super raunchy and some of them just right. like swore a bunch, but like Dane cook did something that got like high schoolers excited about it because he yeah. was kind of talking about stuff we would be interested in. And he was telling right. these like a, such elaborate, funny stories that would always come full circle. That super just have relatable. You, yeah. Super relatable. They just have you dying. And it's like, Oh my God, he's like one of us. He's like the cool young rock star, you know, like uh, fucking, he's got the super middle finger that everybody's doing. He had the spiky hair. <laughs> the spiky hair. He had hair. the spiky boy band hair. And remember him on like the cover of his album, he's just wearing a tank top. Like, Oh he, yeah. He's a cool stand-up. He's not wearing a suit <laughs> like Seinfeld. He's wearing a tank top. He's one of us. Yeah. He's one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean like just everything about his, I remember doing like a, what was it? A YTM and D about him with the itchy asshole. The itchy uh, asshole, yeah. With you like Zordon. lowered the voice and made it Zord. Oh my god! I just I don't know something about him. So folks that are like rolling your eyes right now, like really fucking Dane Cook. It's like it's one of those stories you had no, to all, be there at the time. You know, people shit on comedian. Like, there's a point in and like all these famous stand-ups, they, they get to a point in their career where they get so famous that suddenly everyone shits on them. They suck again like you suck forever and then you're amazing and then oh you're too good now so now you suck yeah and it drives me nuts when people shit on dane cook's oh he's he's bullshit like as if you didn't quote his entire album yep like the rest of us in high school and it's like i, I don't know what it is about stand-up comedy as an art form that people just get sick of it after a while or maybe they feel like stand-up comics get washed up yeah. When they get too famous, I think that's what it is. I think it has something to do with like, oh, you're famous, you're rich, that's not cool, so you can't be funny anymore. Yeah. I, they I, do it now with like um, uh, 
Kevin Hart. A lot of people saw Kevin Hart. He's not as funny as he used to be. And yeah. like Sebastian Maniscalco is one of the most famous, wealthiest comedians on the scene now. People shit on him now because he's like too famous. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's just, you know, you get too mainstream and suddenly you're just not allowed to be cool and hip and funny anymore because you're t you're too good. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think also people like, I don't know if the, the right terms for it, but I feel like nowadays when you come across a funny comedian, people like, like I don't know if you do this, but myself, I will like binge the shit out of their comedy and their stand-up to the point where like I don't want to watch another bit of theirs i won't like yeah. shit on them or it's just kind of like i'm done with them because like i did it with um daniel tosh before he just left and did his tosh point oh but like i watched like his stand-up two or three or four different specials so much that i'm like all right if i see his face on tosh point oh like i'm I, <laughs> I need to turn it off and it's nothing against the guy he's fucking hilarious he made me laugh my ass off over and over, even at the same jokes, I'd be crying laughing a day or two later. But, yeah. I, but like, I won't shit on them. I just think nowadays some people just binge the shit out of these guys and gals, and it goes around so quick that it's like, all right, what are you going to do that's new? It's like, motherfucker, yeah. this took me 10 years you to write mix this material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You got to mix it up. That's, it's like, you, it's like, it's like any, it's like genres of films. Like, if you watch too much sci fi, you get sick of it. You got to mix it up. You got to throw in, a horror movie yeah or a fantasy i think stand-up can be the same way you watch too much of one style one person you do you get sick of it that's why you know you got to mix it up there's lots of different kinds of comedy lots of stand-up out there there's characters there's impressions there's dark comedy there's clean comedy you know you yeah. just you gotta, you gotta mix well, it think, up and i think too you know depending on the type of comedian you just got to kind of lean into the way that maybe the mindset's going like what's your image towards you know what what's people's images of you like for instance one comedian that comes to mind like ron white he seems to just stick with the times like i saw a, a bit of his maybe a couple weeks ago where now he's just talking about so i shit my pants the other day you know like he's <laughs> getting older right and like he wouldn't yeah. say that 20 30 years ago he'd be like so i was fucking two whores at the same time right. and you know but like I think some comedians lean into that and they know like they're getting older or that they, you know, are, I don't know, maybe there's a scandal and they got to like, you know, maybe gently go across that topic. Maybe not like Louis CK style or something like that, but like, you know, I don't know, but, but I feel like you're right. They, people, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, they'll like, I feel like comedians just get canceled or just people are done with them. And then they talk shit about them for, I don't know, little to no reason. Comedi yeah. Comedians get they get canceled and then they somehow make more money after getting canceled, <laughs> yeah. which is like makes you wonder, like, what does getting canceled really mean? Yeah. But speaking of comedians getting canceled, did you hear about the whole Hassan Minaj controversy? Oh, I don't think so. Did you didn't hear about? So Hassan Minaj got in trouble for um, people have accused him of lying during one of his specials because he embellished some details of a story about his daughter and like an anthrax scare. He's a Muslim comedian and he was doing this whole bit about how his family was targeted and how there were like FBI informants in mosques and it was a it was a it's a fairly famous bit from one of his specials. Well, anyway, it turns out he's he came clean on some interview like, "Well, my daughter never actually came in contact with anthrax powder." And there was like certain other details that he made up and he was sharing this with the interviewer because truthfully Every stand-up comedian 
does this. Like we all embellish details. Oh, like yeah. every single one of my bits is based or inspired by something that happened to me right. or something that happened to somebody I know. But like if you watch my stand up, I've never actually let a child drown when I'm teaching them how to swim. You know, like right, right. actually like you just you make up details to make the story funnier. Yeah. But people are like really up in arms like he's he's getting quote unquote canceled by people because they're so upset with him for making up details. And it's like, what the hell do you think we that's what stand up is like it's an that's why they call it an act. Yeah, right. You go on stage and you do your act. You're acting. Well, yeah, and like, hopefully, you know, and this is the hope, right? You hope people are smart enough to understand that no, nothing they're saying up there, like maybe some of it happened, like like you said, but none of this actually happened, right? So I was in the airport right. the other week, and uh, you know, I don't know, something like somebody bumped into me and spilled, you know, Starbucks on my on my crotch, right? You know, like right. yeah. that didn't happen. You know, like no. it's just just go with it. If you're sitting it's there in the based audience, on real life, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And what's really what's funny to me is like, it's it's a fairly recent phenomenon where standups go on stage and tell real life stories. Yeah, like historically, if you go back to like the 70s, 60s, standup comedians would go on stage and play characters. Right, like G Gilbert Gottfried. If you ever meet him in real life, which you won't because he's dead, yeah. but you know what you know what I mean. Like yeah. he didn't yet he his voice he didn't sound like that at all. That was a character he was doing on stage. Louis Black is famous for being angry and ranting on stage. If you meet him in real life, I've I've never have, but I've heard that he's a very delightful man. He doesn't sound like yeah. that at all. He smiles. Yeah. Like Ron White, Jeff Foxworthy, they're all Larry the Cable Guy. They're all playing a character, right? A funny character on stage. And then once we got to like the dawn of the modern like reality TV era, now it's become more popular for comedians to like go on stage and kind of just be a real person, like a more right. relatable person telling real stories. But we still make shit up. Right. You know, like it's still like we still yeah. and Louis C.K. has done <laughs> I can't remember what bit it was, but he starts it off in one of his specials. He's like uh, he's telling a story about when he was like doing something with his family. He's like, I can't remember if it was like a McDonald's or a Burger King. And then he goes, yeah, it doesn't matter because none of this actually happened anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody just starts dying because yeah. like, Cause, yeah. he's like, you know, he's pulling back the curtain at that point. But it's true. Like we all make shit up and somehow people are just up in arms about Hassan Minaj because he was honest about it. Yeah. Well, it's just, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, because I remember watching some stand-up with like Harlan Williams, uh, Rocket Man, you know the guy from Half Baked, yeah. Rocket Man, and he's he's just like such an airhead, aloof guy. But then you, he has his own podcast now. But like clearly, it was a you know he made a shit ton of money off of just being kind of like, yeah. a, oh hey guy, you know like, uh, and then I just did this and I got Bobcat ran over Goldway by a car. Too, the same thing. Like they're 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 they do a they do a silly voice. They tell yeah. silly stories. Rodney Dangerfield, hate to break it to you, but he was a very well respected man. Yeah. Rodney yeah. Dangerfield <laughs> yeah, actually right. got lots of respect. He did, and he wasn't. That I mean, crazy. I'm sorry if that ruins it for y'all, but <laughs> I thought the same of Jim Brewer, the guy that just always looked like he was baked out of his mind, right? Like yes. that was his character. Uh, right. But then you just go see a normal interview of him. He's like, "Yeah, just you know, he's a normal guy." You're like, "Whoa, yeah, what happened? Is he okay?" It's like that is a fucking character, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> or Cheech and Chong, right? Classic. That they, they are not. I mean, yes, they smoke a lot of weed. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, <laughs> I they probably say. have a world record, but 
they're not like sitting around all day like hey man you know hey, like man. yeah exactly it's the catchphrase it's yeah. acting <laughs> it's the money maker people lay off and just enjoy like people just need to learn relearn how to enjoy things yeah you know just enjoy the show just enjoy it have fun stop trying to evaluate it stop trying to be a critic everybody wants to go viral for their hot takes and their critiques of material just shut up laugh enjoy it yeah and then go spend time with i don't know your family go outside yeah. go for a walk touch some grass and don't like heckle the kids you say assholes these days. don't yeah heckle. exactly all these online <laughs> hecklers sit there and shut up <laughs> yeah uh, it's just uh, it's so obnoxious. good so good well hey everybody tell us about some of your favorite comedians tommy congrats on all your success so far and uh, another Thanks. successful weekend of touring hopefully there's many more coming up here uh in the near future and i um, hope so i got know? some sick days i what i need to wait sorry hopefully nobody heard that nobody's, yeah nobody. hr you're not listening hey you're allowed to I be mean, sick i do you're have lots of sick. doctor's appointments coming up yeah and they just happen to be on fridays but uh yeah i'm yeah, hoping to get some sure, more make sure you tell some more if dates you're, on the calendar yep just say you're either mouth sick or butt sick you just got to choose one yes my uh, doctor has late hours on friday it's a thing <laughs> don't ask i'm completely butt sick today you don't want to know <laughs> i'm butt uh, sick it must be from the white castle <laughs> yeah don't worry it's just man it's manifesting itself in your body right now uh something's yep. going on you're going to turn into a superhero for sure diabeto um, but, uh, all right. Well, Hey, next week, I think with Jeff back, I know he's going to be all excited because he's spending this weekend decorating for Halloween. I've put on my basic fall bitch hat. I've already decorated for fall and Halloween my way. Um, I know you've already done some maybe apple picking with the family. So I think we just yep. dive straight into spooktober and fall and we just cozy up, start the bonfire, yeah. sit around the campfire and let's put on a sweater. Put on a little sweater, and I'm sure Jeff has some crazy stories from being overseas for fucking he, f- he, five weeks You now. know what? He better. He <laughs> yeah. better. You better have some stories, Jeff. We know you're listening to this on the plane right now. So He's uh, on the fucking Orient Express. You know, Twice. We, I think he went twice. I, yeah. 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 You better tell us all about it. Paint, paint a picture. I will be just yeah. sitting back and i'm i'm yeah i'll be listening we're just gonna sit back drink our hard cider and jeff you just tell stories and we'll just fall yes. asleep um no big no big deal well everybody thanks so much for joining us tommy do you have any other dates coming up near future nope okay <laughs> no nope. all right well don't rub <laughs> it in those asshole <laughs> um clear fresh out of dates okay uh, hopefully hopefully we'll have some soon but yeah all right just follow me angry gym teacher Instagram. T- Follow me on Facebook. I need to. I need to stop neglecting my Facebook page. Yeah, I. I keep. I kind of. For, I mean, I'm on Facebook every so often, but I kind of forget about it every once in a while. You know, Facebook is a drag, but it's still the big platform that everybody. It goes is. To, so I, I just wish to... I would see like updates from friends and family. Yeah. All I see are ads, and like any time yep. I think of something, it pops up on my feed. Uh, so you have my other cousin to thank for that. Thanks, Dan. He works in that business of of making sure you get ads uh, on your phone. So nice. All right. Well, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, aliens, those are real now. Um, we thank you so much for joining us. And here's another exciting Dave Bennett safety tip. Have a great safe week. Night, night. When carrying a firearm, make sure you are obeying federal, state, and local laws. If you choose to carry one, make sure you keep the safety on. For if you would put it down the front of your pants, forget to turn the safety on, and an attractive person walks by. 
it pulls the trigger, and boom, you lose your penis.